Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Gamer Chick RPG Podcast. Zero. My name is Jeff Moore. I am a creative partner with Romeo's Faux Studios. And I'm Sarah Moore. I am the other creative partner with Romeo's Faux Studios. Uh, you probably know us from the Gamer Chick web series, which uh, Sarah's going to talk about in a little bit, in case you don't. Um, uh, but what we're going to do with this podcast is we've, we've been sort of behind the scenes working on uh, a version of the RPG that the characters in the show play. And that's what this is going to be. We're going to play it and share it with you, the world. And you're going to listen to it. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, I guess we'll see. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> so if you are unfamiliar with the Gamer Chick show, it follows Gia and her gaming group, both at the table in real life and inside the fantasy world of the game itself that they play which is called Free, F-R-E, Fairy, Ranger, Elf. And and they sort of, the storylines kind of mirror each other in that Gia sees herself in the game, how she would like to see herself in real life, like really empowered and, and in control, and things don't always work that way in in the real world. So she kind of lives out how she would like to be in this other place, which I think is uh, what happens to kind of a lot of us if yeah. we play RPGs. So, yeah, so um, FRE Free is a like a tabletop pen, pencil and paper and dice kind of RPG. For our intents and purposes, we're just going to keep calling it the Gamer Chick RPG, at least for this show. Right. But uh, in if we ever use that term, that's what that means. Correct. Um, the, the world that we're going to be playing in for this RPG is a high fantasy setting. So there are, as I mentioned before, fairies and rangers and elves, there's magic, there's not technology, like you're not going to run into somebody using a cell phone. We don't have modern weaponry like guns. People use swords or bows if they do not use magic. The three Playable races are your fairies and your rangers, which are the human equivalent, and your elves. So fairies and elves can use magic, and humans cannot. And there's a bit of upheaval between the three main races. Not all of them want to be friends with each other. Our particular (laughs) group is some of each. We have a, a fairly even mix. I think it's probably fair to, to maybe talk about why, like what their organization is trying to do. And e- even the fact that it is an organization, I think is important. And we don't really go into that in the show. I think we don't, we don't really get into it as much as I would like, but we don't get into anything as much as I would like. Sure. Um, so Our heroes are all part of an organization called Free, F-R-E-E, which is 
fairies, rangers, elves, enlightenment. And it's really sort of a rebellion, I guess, trying to unite all of the friends into a single people instead of keeping everybody at each other's throats. And I think one of the interesting ways that we've sort of framed that in our conversations, at least about this, is that they're not necessarily fully like peacekeepers necessarily. Um, They're almost like a guerrilla army that will do, you know, like peace missions and they'll bring food to villages that have been ravaged by the conflict, but they'll also conduct strikes as like a special forces unit or they will cut off supply lines where appropriate um, to kind of disrupt the war efforts in an, in an effort to sort of get the effort, the, the war to stop. Right. Uh, I think that's particularly interesting that they, they're about peace, but they can, there's a lot of room for flexibility for like, I abhor violence or I love violence, but I don't want the whole continent to be warring. Right. I love violence, but let's focus it towards something that's going to be useful for everyone. Yeah. It's it's a gray area, really. Yeah, it is. Which is good. I think that that gives you a lot more um opportunities for interesting role playing, for sure. Absolutely. I think games that are sort of black and white in that way are way less interesting. So, if the context is there to keep it sort of fluid mm-hmm. in that way more morally, that makes the decisions you make more effective and more interesting. Um, speaking of which, do you want to talk about how the game itself works? Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, there is no shortage of tabletop role-playing games out there. It's true. To choose from. I'm looking at the shelf behind you. <laughs> we have yeah, there, quite a few books. There are a lot there. And honestly, we could have done this with a lot of them. That's true. Um, there was a time where we considered sort of building something from scratch, that didn't seem like the right move. Like, why would we reinvent the wheel? There's so know? many systems already. We needed something that was going to be sort of light and agile, right? We need a simple system that allows us to play uh, some more uh, uh, interesting characters and let the role-playing sort of dictate the direction of the game rather than, like, the roll of the dice. Yes, we need some sort of chance mechanic, but they all have that, right? Correct. So the one that we landed on was the PIP Core System by Third Eye Games. <clears throat> Aloy has been working on PIP games for a while. He he wrote the system. Um, and he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. Um, and, and we love him. We do. <laughs> we do. We love you, Aloy. Um, but uh, one of the first games that we came across this system in was a, a game that they put out called Mermaid Adventures. And it's designed specifically for kids to get kids hooked into the idea of role-playing and making decisions. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And it's sort of a low-stakes environment that's easy to understand. And we realized that the type of storytelling that we wanted to do in our game was very much that. We wanted a simple system that doesn't get in the way, that lets you tell the story you want, and it allows you to just kind of go. And there are enough rules that there's like a framework to build on, but it's not like you have to consult a modifier table for 30 things every time you want to make a decision. That's not the game we tr- we want to play. So even though this is kind of the system itself uh, is sort of geared toward getting younger players into tabletop games, and I think it's very effective at that, 
the big perk for us is that it's easy to learn. So you can sit down at the table right now and just go, right? Yes. Um, there are a couple tweaks we have had to make, uh, which I'll go into in a couple minutes. But generally, uh, the game, it, it uses all six-sided dice. So it's all D6s. It uses two different ones. You have white dice and black dice. That, that's how they're called out in the book. But honestly, it doesn't really matter what the two colors are as long as you can tell one from the other. You need to be able to tell them apart because one pool of dice represents your skill and ability, Mm -hmm. and the other pool of dice represents the obstacle that you're trying to overcome. So you are rolling your own. You're not like rolling against a GM or a DM. You're rolling against yourself, effectively. I do like that it takes that all out. Like you can't focus your ire on like, oh, the GM is really making my life hard tonight because you're the one rolling the yeah. dice. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's and I, it allows for degrees of success, which I always think is a very interesting way to approach things. Um, it's very much a yes, you succeed, and or yes, but or no, you know, right? Um, there, it, it's not just simply yes or no. Yes, you succeed. Roll damage. That's not fun. Like, it can be rewarding, mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. In, in the right type of game, but what we're trying to do, that's not it. We don't want to reward <clears throat> people. Right. No, none of that. <laughs> um, that being said, it is fairly easy to roll successes, or statistically, you've got an even chance of rolling successes because your your hits are basically a four, five, or a six on a six-sided die. So it's like flipping a coin, but it's a cube instead. Um, And it's a dice pool system, so the more dice you have, the better your chances of succeeding. It does have a way built in to account for what they call epic successes and epic failures. Uh, And you can use those to trigger sort of a fortune mechanic as well, uh, which you can use as sort of a, like a, I think of it like a plot point system, where you can use it to heal, or you can add dice to a pool before a roll, or you can spend extra to add a die after you roll. Like, oops, I didn't get any successes. I'm going to spend a couple fortune to try one more die. Um, That kind of stuff. Creating advantages. Uh, Basically how you would see that sort of mechanic in a game like that. It's it's very clean and very simple and easy to follow. Um, The game itself uses uh, skills... There's, there's sort of two versions of PIP core, right? There's the full version that has like a full skill list and full qualities and advanced qualities and the whole deal. There's also a PIP simplified version, which kind of uses, uh, it's, it's more like what you would find in Mermaid Adventures. Um, uh, and it's great. And it's even more simple than this, but because we need, we need the skills for this game, we're going with the full-blown PIP core system. But we have made some adjustments to character creation. If anybody listening is familiar with PIP core, um, one of the things that we've done in character creation is to add an additional piece where you are choosing the playable race as well as a calling. So Sarah mentioned fairies, rangers, and elves. There are actually a couple other ones that you can play as well that we haven't really gotten into yet, which will come out I'm sure down the road we'll we'll see some of these other types of races. But basically you're picking like for for example, let's use Nin, right? Let's she's, use Nin. She's your character. You have her in front of you there. Yeah. So your character sheet 
what is your what does it say for your uh uh was archetype probably fairy thief fairy thief right so you're a fairy that's the race and that comes with a certain package of starting abilities and stats and the thief part comes with an additional like quality and some bonuses to skills so the thief is your calling it is um and it truly is it really is and we've written up a bunch of different ones to reflect all the different characters that we see in the show and that kind of stuff um so they're there are quite a few already made, and I'm sure we're just going to keep going until we run out of ideas. But uh, the character sheet itself has a ton of boxes, and you fill those boxes in to show that you have dice for that pool. Uh, let's say, uh, let's do an example. Hold All on. right. All right. So I've got some black dice. I've got some white dice. We bought these specifically for a gamer chick RPG. Play test at Gen Con one year. You sure did. You also bought me two sets so that I could use them, and one was pink and one was purple. Yeah. Do you still have those somewhere? Sure do. Great. All right. So, let's say that you have decided that you're going to try and sneak into some place, right? That's yeah. that's something you are likely to want to do. I sneak a lot. Let's say you're trying to sneak into the keep of of a an elvish uh crystal baron, right? Perfect. Uh so he, and he keeps guards around, but nothing ever happens in Blaine, right? So these guys are pretty on it uh inattentive. So what I am going to do as the game guide, that's sort of the the DM role. Okay. Uh, I'm also probably going to refer to myself as a GM or a DM because sure. I don't ever know what's appropriate for each game. Sure. <laughs> but uh, as the game guide, I, I will say, give me a stealth roll. So you will take your stealth attribute, your stealth skill. Sneak. Sneak, your right? sneak skill. Sneak, which is how many dice? Four. So you've got four dice. That's a lot. I am a sneaky person. Um, so you're going <laughs> you're gonna to roll that. Uh, and you're going to roll that against the the target, basically the the uh, like perception rating of the guard. Right. And these guys are bored; they're not expecting to see anything. So we're going to say that they only get two dice for that. Okay. So what you'll do is you roll all those dice. Oh, I do very poorly. Okay. How many? Fours, fives, or sixes did you get on each set? I have no four, fives, or sixes for my white dice. Okay. And I have one six for my black dice. Okay. So they totally see me. <laughs> so that is a that means that you fail in your sneak check, but it's not an epic failure. That's good. Because the because the dice the the black dice did not exceed the black successes did not exceed the others by three or more. That's good. It is good. Uh, in in this case, this is a straight up, like, they see you. That's an easy one. They see me. Um, now, this is an opportunity where you might go, you know what? I've got three fortune on my sheet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend two of those to roll one more white die and see what happens. So you rolled a two, nothing which adds happens. nothing to it. So now you're out those two fortune. You're pushing your luck, and it's just not turning into anything. I ran into 
a plot, a potted plant and I knocked it over. Yeah. And the, and it landed in front of the guards. And you got his, the boots that he had been so busily polishing, got them all dirty. I made a mess. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, everything goes from there. Now on the, let's say that there, that a fight breaks out. Oh, so dear. The way that you would do this, there are two skills specifically that you would handle uh, combat with. There's aim for ranged combat, and there's strike for melee combat. And that's sort of inclusive of anything within arm's reach. Okay. So you've got like daggers and stuff, right? I do. I have daggers. Um... So let's say that the guard saw you, right? We know that. Whoops. So he he's still a... Two die guard. Okay. But we're gonna give you give one more black die to that pool. Oh, because he saw me. Because he's yeah, he's he now aware and he's ready. Um so let's say you're attacking, right? So you're gonna use your strike skill, but you also get to add the weapon rating of any weapon you're using as dice to your pool. Oh. So it should say like a WR. Yeah, and then so a number. my dagger's weapon rating is two. Okay, so you'll add two more dice. And, and my then, strike is three, so I will ro- roll five white and three black. It's mm-hmm. a lot of dice. It is. Woo! It is exactly even. I rolled three okay. successes and three on, on each on the white and three successes on the black. So this is a great opportunity to, to talk about yes, but. Yes, but. Um. And there, you know, there are ways that we that you track damage and everything, and we'll address that when we're doing it on the show. Okay. But um, in terms of like meeting the like meeting the target number, you will succeed, but it's or you may succeed, but it's not like an unequivocal success. Okay. Generally, you're looking for one net success to equal on one side. Yeah. So technically, just straight up tying like that wouldn't result in a success. But narratively, I like to, I prefer to play this out. And honestly, I don't know that if this, that this is part of the PIP core system or not, but I prefer to give the, to give the player an opportunity to go, yes, you can succeed in this instance, but something bad, some bad consequence is going to come of this. Um, I think that's a little bit more interesting and it kind of forces the players to push a little harder like I'm going to make these decisions that I know are bad for me character-wise because it's going to move the story along and it'll make the whole thing more interesting for everybody. Sure. Um, Throw yourself into it. Exactly. So that's kind of the the tone that we're looking for. It's it's not really designed to be like a like a hard fantasy simulation for sure. Yeah. We're just looking to have a good time. We play with a bunch of goofballs, so sort of a lighthearted tone is what we're looking at and. This system gives us the flexibility to mechanically do interesting things while also letting us maintain kind of a fun tone. But you can absolutely go more serious with it. For sure. If you want to. Mm -hmm. We're probably not going to. No. Maybe every once in a while, but not often. We are much better at making each other laugh at the table. We are. At the table for these games, we are going to have sort of a rotating cast of folk who come in. We'll cycle through as many of our core cast members from the show as possible. Some are cycle through. <laughs> some are farther away than others, but 
we're hoping to have have people come in and and sit in on a game or two as well as other people who are maybe had a very a smaller role on the show and just other folk that we know who are avid gamers and who have a good time with it and so mm-hmm. they'll come through we'll have at least one cast member at the table yes every time it might be me might be you but we'll have at least one <laughs> And the episodes are probably going to be about 30 minutes long, long enough for you to listen on your way into work or on your lunch break, or I don't know what you do on a run. Who knows? Whatever you do for half an hour. While you're washing your dog, perhaps. I don't know how long it takes you to wash your dog. Maybe your dog's really big and you have to listen to two episodes. I don't know. Maybe you only have a very small brush. Maybe it's like a toothbrush that you're using. You're brushing your dog's teeth? I don't know. Dogs, need, they have teeth. That would definitely take a half an hour. It would take a while. Yeah. But we, the, the point is that we're, <laughs> we're not planning to release like three hour long episodes where you're just listening to an entire night. But you could. I mean, you would have to listen to multiple episodes in a row. Right. Yeah. But. But as we release them, they're going to be. Right. Shorter. For sure. One of our sort of goals is to release seasons, but not necessarily just like one a year. Hopefully, we've got enough written out where we could do like three seasons of the podcast right now. Like they're not obviously recorded yet. We're doing it right now. Right now. Everybody buckle up. (laughs) Homebelly. But uh, there's enough content already written that we could play those games and release them, cut them up and release them. And we'd have plenty of content to last us until forever. This is sort of forever. The, <laughs> 2018 is the year of gamer chick. Um, you heard it here first. Folks. That's right. Uh, next time you go to a Chinese restaurant and you look at the placemat, you're going to see the little gamer chick logo on mm-hmm. one of the, uh, dice. the 2018. It's going to be good. Yeah. So um, you're obviously listening to this, so you found the podcast. Um, We will be distributing this show to other sort of podcatchers of your choosing uh, over time, and we'll announce those when we put the shows out or in the descriptions or on our Facebook page or whatever. So if you want to follow us and keep tabs on the show, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, We're going to put the link in the show notes here. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Gamer Chick Show, and uh, we're gonna get the word out as much as we can, you know. And uh, yeah. if you have ideas for the show, or if you want to be involved in some way, please look us up uh, and just contact us through the page on Facebook is the easiest way. But you can also get us on Twitter. Yes, uh, it's harder for us to get those because I don't know the password, but I'm assuming you do. I know the password. Great. I'm not gonna say it. No. You don't. But I know it. We don't need you to... No. It's fine. Sure, I know it. It's going to be great. Yeah. What could go wrong? The moral of the story is that you'll reach us. And by us, I mean probably me. Because I do the social media. Yeah. I might get it. But I'll just wait until Sarah answers. That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're hoping to meet soon to record our first set session, which will be chopped up uh, Frankenstein style. And 
You read a different version of that story than I did. You read it backwards, I think. Well, it's less sad. It ends with a cart rolling backwards up a hill. If you read it from the end backwards, then it's like he didn't. It's about a guy losing a castle, I think. Actually, I'm thinking of young Frankenstein. (laughs) So I actually don't know what Frankenstein's about, apparently. Great. This uh, is a good talk we've had. We shouldn't and we shouldn't do a gamer chick game based on Frankenstein. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll Cohen Brothers it and it'll be I don't be, want to now. It'll be Frankenstein without me having any knowledge of the source material. That's perfect. It'll be It'll be our version. Our oh brother, we're out that. Chickenstein. Chick oh. Ch- <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> oh no. I love it. It's perfect. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the cast and crew and other gamers that we've talked about. talked. We've talked about them extensively. The other folks that we've talked to about being involved are also very excited and they can't wait to get going. So, um, yeah, just keep a, keep an ear out and we'll, we'll be there. Listen. Do you smell something? <laughs> no human. Would stack books this way. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to all of our insane ramblings. And we will see you next time. Bye. We can't see you. These are microphones.